Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 78 of the Showbound Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, here as always with San Jose Sharks draft pick Ethan Cardwell, fresh back from San Jose. Cards, how's it going, bud? It's good, man. And uh, just just for the record, like typically we enter an episode and we kind of like talk a little bit, see what's going on. And today we, we figured we might as well just jump right into it. It's been two weeks now. And like Rass said, I just got back the other day, but uh, no, things are good. And I keep talking about the move, but move out date is like next Tuesday. And I'm going to Michigan um, tomorrow for the next like five days or something. So today was like the day where we had to pretty much move everything out. So I've been doing a lot today. I'm sleeping on a mattress on the floor tonight. Um, so I'm currently in my bedroom just filming this podcast and no, it's, it's been a long day. Looking forward to a uh, good night's sleep tonight, but uh, obviously the podcast comes first. And I know you haven't uh, haven't been up to much, eh? <laughs> we'll talk about all the stuff I've had going on, but I'm curious too, what, what are you doing in Michigan? So my dad went to Western Michigan University, like playing hockey there um, in college. So his college roommate still lives in the area. So uh, they lived together for four years. So great buddies and... Uh, family friends of ours and we've known them forever and good buddies with like his kids are good buddies of mine and my brother so it's gonna be awesome go down there hang out with them a little bit work out and train down there get a few rounds of golf in and just a little bit of relaxation okay not bad so uh what about camp man we got to talk all about san jose like tell it tell us about all that let's get to your stuff first here yeah bro and i i was like obviously i'm pretty lucky like i have nexus for the border like I 100% recommend it to anybody who is traveling or even will travel every now and again. Like it's such a lifesaver because, like, my buddies like they ha- they ran on the flight like Cozy, Merkley, Mitchell Russell, like just to name a few names. Like they ran onto the flight to make it last minute, and it was already delayed like 30 minutes to hold it for them. But uh, you know, I fly through the airport or whatever, get get in, and Toronto Pearson's a nightmare. Like. There's no hiding that. Like, obviously, Wit talked about that on Spitting Chicklets, and I'm sure everybody's seen the clips. And it was voted like worst airport in the whole world. So, whatever. I got through the airport and I got to San Jose. So, obviously, it's great. And we're staying at the Hilton, same as I've stayed at every time I've been there before. And no, I was I was rooming. Uh, actually, this is funny. I was rooming with Robbie Tristan Robbins. So. Oh, no uh, former guest of the pods. We talked a little bit about that. He's just asking how the pods going and stuff. So couldn't complain about my roommate too much at all and uh no that was that was pretty good and, and from a hockey side it was awesome man like obviously de- development camp's not one where you're going there to like you're not going to try to pr- well obviously you're you have you're going to try to prove every day but they're not evaluating you at a certain level so you're not necessarily like scared to mess things up or like try things that you might normally like not do in a game and stuff like that. And just kind of like try to add things to your toolbox for like when you, when you're playing. And this is a thing, like I think that a lot of young players can learn. And I learned it last year at my first development camp. Like when you're at a practice in the summer, there's no, like there's no shame in going 70% during a rep and like doing it properly and like learning that skill properly rather than like wheeling at 110%, like, Hey, I'm working hard, but like, you're really not getting anything out of it because if you can build off little things and then throw them into your game, like it's going to add a whole new arsenal to like the player that you are. So I think that's something that younger players listening to the pod and I guess anybody could kind of pick up on. And it's something that I've learned a lot. So that was, that was one of the things that I was just trying to focus on, like rather than like ripping through it and just showing like how hard I can work, 
I'm going to like, I don't know, work smarter, just try to try to work things. In fact, that I can use them in a game and I can feel comfortable pulling these off now at 70%. And then I can work up from there. But it was pretty busy, man. Like we had uh, two, two skates a day. So it's, it was like coming in the morning, um, have breakfast, stretch, watch some video, skate, come off the ice, have lunch, work out, stretch, skate, cool down home. So it was like, we were at the rink from like eight to like, I don't know, later on in the day. And it was, uh, it was a grind, but it was, it was so much fun, man. And like, it's not like grueling skates out there. Like they're not trying to kill you. Like they're trying to teach you things. So it's more or less, you're just like super pumped to get out there and kind of learn things. Yeah. And new GM, Mike Greer, did, uh, you still got the same number of shampoos in the showers or is he cutting down on that? No. Yeah. We're, we're, we're it's looking the same right now. It was solid, man. And that's what I was going to mention next. Like the food is just like such next level. Like it's crazy. And it, it's the national league for a reason. And we've heard guys on the pod talk about how uh, the difference between the a and the coast and the show. So, but no, it's, it's definitely makes you want to work harder when you, you have a beautiful steak and broccoli and all these fruits and potatoes and salads and stuff just waiting for you when you come off the ice. It's like, wow, like I I'm, <laughs> I'm in the big leagues right now. So yeah, it's definitely uh it's a bit of a more of a motivator than, uh, than anything because you just want that so bad and such a nice lifestyle not having to think about breakfast or lunch oh i know man especially because like once you get there you'll you know teams have their own private chefs and meal rooms and stuff like you oh man like it's it's the life dude so it's it's pretty sweet um is there any like specific skill you maybe learned or worked on that jumps out as you as like one you're really gonna throw in your game going forward Honestly, man, it was like with shooting, like we, we talked a lot about like, I don't know, like knowing your stick is like a big thing. Like, I feel like everybody kind of just uses your stick and or like uses a stick. And like, when you're growing up, you go, oh, okay, I want the McDavid curve or I want the Crosby curve because they're the best in the game. But like, I feel like finding a stick that's actually proper for you is like a huge thing. And then we, we were just talking about like different ways to like use it. And like they're $300 sticks. They're obviously doing something. So if you just like, if you put weight on a certain spot or like, you don't really have to rip at it to like get the most out of it. Like rather than trying to snap a shot as hard as you can, just get a little flex in a certain area can pop it just as much and get it to a good area. So just kind of the technique of shooting to be able to like get the hardest shot and the most accurate shot from pretty much any angles, like something big that I picked up on this week and I was at a uh, skill skate today with like some of the younger lads I train um and help out around here and I was just kind of showing them so hopefully they picked up on it too because it was like I, I was like it was eye-opening to see that like how inefficient you can be when shooting a puck hmm. maybe you'll have to teach me so I can line it up in the men's leagues Wednesday nights <laughs> but yeah. um yeah I mean any other San Jose stuff you want to talk about not really, man. Like I, Wait, I didn't even... uh, question just did good or bad. Did you have a good camp? Yeah, no, I had a good camp. I did well. Uh, felt good out there. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. Oh, did all you around. dent a crossbar, or was that just someone say that? No, I didn't dent a crossbar. Okay, Are you kidding me? That stuff's <laughs> so set in stone. I, I mean, I've dented my crossbar at home. That yeah, my little flimsy one. driveway net, but uh, yeah. no, I. I feel like if I uh, dented a uh, 
dented a net at the arena, I'd be getting put in the hardest shock contest. Yeah, you'd probably be on the team. Anyway, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, well, I, I heard you had a good camp too. And uh I heard through the grapevine coming from Cozy that he said you had a good camp too. So that's okay, good, good to hear. Good to hear. I like uh like hearing positive feedback. That's always uh always a treat. But no, it was it was awesome, man. And like typically like last year I had like a lot more stories from like going golfing or something like that with the boys, but like this year is more or less just so tired when I got back to the hotel. So not too much to report on there, but uh, all in all a fun experience and definitely a lot of learning and just uh, know what I got to do for main camp now. So let's hear about uh, the big night and whatever <laughs> else you've been doing. Cause I know you've been busy. Yeah. I got a lot of stuff noted down to talk about first. I just want to quickly say our guest this week, we've had him on before, but now he's an OHL champion and now signed by the Seattle Seattle Kraken, Ryan Winterton. So we'll get to that in a bit. Um, and yeah, so I mean, uh, my my night the other night, I guess um, I was partying with like the St. Catharines Falcons and the Trophy and Paul Bissonette Biz, as we all know him. So um, Biz is best friends with the coach of the Falcons from growing up together and playing junior together and stuff like that. So that that's the relationship there. So I mean um he had the coach had like rounded up a group of like the the coaching staff and then the graduated players like not the ones who were on the team going forward next year to have to party with with biz and in this night in st Catharines there and so um i rounded up the squad to pre up my my brother's store the wine store in st Catharines, and then sure enough biz just strolls in the door um and and comes to drink with us and stuff and tell some stories and all that sort of thing which was pretty cool um, and we were just drinking and we go over and it was funny. He's carrying our trophy, the Southern cup. And some guy pulls over. He's like, what trophy is that? Like, what, what is that? And he's like, it's my men's league trophy. I just won. <laughs> the guy's like, wow, that's cool. <laughs> but um, we, we show up to this bar and uh, biz like walks us in and sets us up at his table with like, I guess whatever the bar still staff were, was. And I, I got to make a few good friends and contacts there, which was cool. But and it, we had uh, 20 bottles of Pink Whitney there, maybe like a hundred something Bud Lights, um, like all. And, and whenever one bottle would go, like it would just just get immediately replaced, right? So it was unlimited alcohol, and you know how it is with the trophy, like especially with me who worked really hard to earn it. Um, I uh, I'm just wheeling the trophy around, like it was filled with Pink Whitney. Where we're pouring it into people's mouths, like people are taking pictures with it. I got a good picture with me and Biz both holding the trophy. Um, just so it was just crazy oh yeah and then i ended up the spitting chicklets posted me on their instagram and tagged me um, yeah dude that's what i was like so i'm sitting in um i was literally sitting in my bed and there was a bunch of the boys just chilling in the hotel room and i'm like i go yeah like because i was with cozy and like a few of the boys that like would know you and i'm like yeah rask is like chilling uh he's chilling with like biz and they're partying right now and then uh i i'm on insta and i'm like what's going on boys raskin's on spitting chicklets insta right now chugging out of the cup and we were losing it so that was hilarious man yeah it was my my phone blew up pretty good like it, i felt like it was it reminded me of when you got drafted and my phone blew up because of all the tags on showbound <laughs> um but i mean i i got like six or seven hundred followers that night um they have like a million followers and then pink whitney posted it too so it was good a little publicity and then 
to hello to any new podcast listeners, by the way, because yeah, I was checking the numbers for last episode and we got a lot of people from Chicklets that obviously came to check us out. So a big hello and welcome. Um, and uh, I hope you stick around for some future episodes, but yeah, I mean, just, I mean, it was cool partying with, with biz and all that and getting tagged on the Instagram was cool and stuff, but honestly, the trophy still made the night, just like being with those boys and the trophy is so fun. Um, you can't beat it. So it it was just, it was really cool. Um, I think that's, that's about it from, from that night. It was just, you know, how, how it goes. It's just a wild night. It was super fun and just good to be with those guys. Now, Oh, actually, there was a, a couple Calder Cup champions from this year at the bar there, too. I don't want to name drop anyone in case they don't want it. But a few members of the, of the Chicago Wolves made made the night, uh, made the trip over there, too. And maybe getting getting them on the podcast in the future here. Um, I wanted to bring up last episode, which was two weeks ago now. Uh, I, I brought up that coffee I don't know if you want to call it debate or whatever, where I said like people are basically making fun of me for having sugar in my coffee and like other people. Um, now I got a DM saying it's basically the same argument as people who like put ketchup on their eggs or like on, on anything else. And and myself and other people make fun of them for it. It's the same you make concept. Fun of people for putting ketchup on eggs. I mean, I don't, I don't in my head, I do. I don't like say it. It depends who the person is, but yeah, I've done it before. I'll be honest. Dude, what do you put on it? I eat my eggs like how oh. they are. <laughs> Salt, oh, pepper, that's maybe. brutal. <laughs> See, I'm on the other side of that debate. So I'm like, I'm like barbecue sauce. I'm ketchup. I'm hot sauce. I'm whatever you can find. Like, I'm not what about what about spaghetti? Anything. I've seen people put ketchup on spaghetti. No, no. But so no. so now I mean, theoretically, like this guy, we were going at it in, in the DMs too. But the the <laughs> point he was making was that like me complaining that I'm getting bullied for putting sugar in my coffee is the same thing as like me bullying someone for putting ketchup on like spaghetti or something. And it is, it's, he's right. Like it's the same. Yeah, idea. No, it's the exact same thing, but I just can't believe you eat plain eggs. It just tastes like, I don't know, like rubber or something. It's like eggs. Man. I don't know. Maybe you're not eating NHL eggs. You're eating like coast eggs or something, but uh, I get some, some nice eggs. <laughs> um, another thing, another thing I wanted to, Oh yeah. This one is, is great. You're eating coast eggs. He says, <laughs> Okay, I wanted to talk about this last episode and I forgot. And now even more stuff has come out. Um, but the fact that we set up Tate McRae and Cole Sillinger and they're, I guess, dating. Well, that, that's like, we're, it's not confirmed, but like, they're, yeah. they're, they're something, man. It's confirmed. That well, no, something. no, I'm talking about like, yeah, they're dating. I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't know. You've been filling me in, but like, yeah, it's pretty wild, eh? Well, so for those who, who don't know, I guess Cole Sillinger, we had him on the podcast like early um in our well in the episode 30s area i believe um youngest player in the nhl this last year columbus blue jackets and tate mccray a canadian singer a couple million followers he said she was his celebrity crush on our podcast we posted the clip after that clip she followed him on instagram they're from the same hometown whatever maybe silly did some wheeling and dealing in the dms i don't know but now they're posting together there's people saying they're you know whatever I, i've seen a couple pictures of them together already so we we got to talk to them and see if they met each other from the clip of our podcast we have to That'd confirm wild i mean like i feel like silly was being strategic when he said that though like i feel like any sort of social media that he's ever been asked on that like he was being strategic when saying that and hope that she would see it and then yeah. it would work so uh, smart he's playing chess we'll yeah say that. like good for him but uh no, that's pretty funny if uh 
if that's the case and it, it was actually set up that way and that's uh <laughs> that's intelligent move yeah and I, I reposted that video with like some proof of them dating basically on tiktok and it has over a hundred thousand views already and people are going in the comments saying like retire cylinder's number already like he's a legend in columbus <laughs> forever like, that's hilarious <laughs> Well, I never, I never even like, I never even heard of like her, to be honest. Like, I, I didn't know who she was when he said it. I was like, who's that? And then I think I asked you after and you're like, oh, she's like a singer or something. And I'm like, oh, okay. So back then she wasn't even like, she's pretty big now. She wasn't as big back then. Like, I think she had the one good song. I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but now she has like some straight bangers and I actually, I rip them in the car for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you're supporting silly. His, yeah, uh, exactly his, his right. income. <laughs> Maybe he'll get me some concert tickets. I just tossed Tate McRae the follow too, just to see if she's posting with silly. So I don't have to have other people send it to me. You're on uh, you're on the, you're on tracker watch. Yeah. I'm, I'm keeping an eye. Um, tracker. Another thing I wanted to say, going back to the TikTok, and I was texting you briefly about this, but this is just unbelievable. So I post, I, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast. I post this video of like a ghost ship essentially that I saw in Halifax on TikTok. <laughs> and I mentioned in the caption that um, Halifax is the city where the dead bodies from the Titanic were brought in to rest because it's the, it was the closest city to where the Titanic sank with a port. And so, you know, there's been rumors that Halifax is haunted and stuff because of like, you know, a lot of dead bodies from the Titanic and stuff. Anyway, um, people are claiming that the, the Titanic, now there's conspiracy theories going on that they said the Titanic was torpedoed down um, instead of hit an iceberg first of all they're saying it wasn't the titanic that sank and they like switched it with the olympic or something but um it was torpedoed down to prevent the three to four richest people in europe from getting to the united states to start a new bank that was like corrupt or something like that and there's like 50 people there, there's like a couple hundred comments now i think and people are just agreeing and saying like yeah this is true like i know this dude like and, and people have gone down to see the titanic at the bottom of the ocean and it it if it was torpedoed down, it would have come out by now. You would like to think so anyway. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I'm not a huge conspiracy theory guy. Like, I, I just try to, like, I feel like it's such a mind F. I don't want to drop the language on here, but <laughs> just messes with your mind so much. And, like, I feel like once you get into them, you literally can't get out. Your mind's just trapped in these ridiculous theories that I don't even want to have to think about right now because half the time, from ones i've heard they're believable and then you're like caught in this thing and you're like what am i doing here so i don't even dip my toe in the water there yeah i mean that's the thing too like like theoretically it's believable in the sense like the concept of trying to prevent the richest people from starting this corrupt bank or whatever like i don't know where this anyway we're all living in a simulation anyway so it doesn't matter at the end of the day but (laughs) you want to talk a little uh free agency yeah i had that no doubt i wanted to jump to johnny gaudreau man so yeah Cause we're on the Columbus topic with silly, the legend who's getting his number retired and Johnny Gaudreau leaves Calgary to take a pay cut with Columbus. So um, people are talking about how they're mad at him basically for like not telling Calgary until it was too late to get a return on him. I'm curious what your opinion as a player is like, do you think he's like, it's his job or it's he's morally obligated to tell Calgary like, yeah, I'm probably going to go. You might as well trade me. I don't know. It's an interesting scenario. Like there's so many things that could be going on behind the scenes that would play a factor in that. Like there could be bad relationships. There could have been bridges burned already. Like there's so many things that the public eye doesn't see that actually go on in the business to never make it fair to judge a player on what their decision is and something that they're doing. 
So that's one thing that I always like to consider. Like when you see these things and you're like so out of nowhere, it's like, well, there's obviously a reason for this. Um, and like I, I heard a couple clips of Johnny, like, and it was obviously like New Jersey, but like that's his hometown, right? So like he was saying it was just too close to home and stuff. And Calgary's like that. That brought it to my head. Like Calgary's very far from home, and now Columbus, he said, is the perfect distance. It's not too far, but it's not too close. And you know what? I kind of feel that like that's similar to like what Barry's been for me in the OHL. Like it's far enough where I'm away from home, but it's also close enough where I'm right there also. So it's very similar in that sense. So the Columbus, it, it makes a good decision. It's a, it's a smaller market, I guess you could say. And it's a little bit out of the public eye. He's not going to be getting ridiculed after every bad game when he doesn't score a goal and stuff. So maybe he's looking for that. Like, I mean, he's having a kid on the way, maybe like a little bit less stress, go in there under the radar. And then obviously if you put up a hundred points, like he does, you still do, you're still the man. And I mean, a pay cut, um, 9.7. Yeah. I don't, that's, I don't know. I take that. It's pretty good. <laughs> I, I would take 9.7. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. You make a lot of good points and I agree. Like, I don't think the player is ever like has to tell the management unless, unless there's a situation where like you for sure know you're out hundred percent at the end of the year. But like if he hadn't decided by the trade deadline, which he probably hadn't like why, I don't know. It's just like, it was good this year, man. Like, yeah. Can't can't say like he he, like he probably thought they had a chance this year so like you can't ever say anything like that and and they did have a good team like they just ran into like a weird series to be honest there um Mm. where mcdavid and drysaddle just kind of took it to them but like you can't blame the guy for playing in calgary and he he was amazing for calgary so for people to kind of bash him like i don't know it's it's something that only the player will know unless it gets out on the reasons why, but uh, at the end of the day, it's it's always up to the player, and it's it's in their best interest. So I think that's that's where that decision came from. Yeah, and now Calgary might be in a little bit of trouble because I'm hearing all these rumblings that Matthew Kachuk wants out, and he might get dealt next week or something like this. And if they lose Goudreau, Kachuk, who knows who's next? Like, I mean, they're gonna have to go into rebuild mode right away. Yeah, pretty close. I mean, like that that line was their staple. Obviously, you had a guy like. Um, Lindholm too who had a huge year this year but if you lose Chuck who's another 100 point guy right there that's 200 points for your offense right there gone so it's definitely a tough blow for them especially to lose Johnny and free agency is always tough because it's not like you're getting a return for these players they're just gone and yeah you can't about it so that's uh yeah it's, it's definitely a topic and one that I wanted to talk about was Burns getting traded to Carolina. And that was, that was a pretty crazy day actually in, in San Jose. He's been such a prominent figure there. And what was your reaction when you heard about that? Yeah. And Carolina just got uh Max Pacioretty too, didn't they? Yeah, I think they did. They're going to be nasty. They're pretty good as it is, but yeah, the Brent Burns trade, it's one of those guys where you just like imagine him retiring as a shark. Like you just, he's been there so long. He's such a legend and you just think he's untouchable kind of. And, mm. uh, I mean, it's good for him. Like he can help Carolina win, man. He's such a good player. And um, yeah, I was, uh, I was definitely surprised and I, it must've been pretty cool to be honest, being in San Jose and uh, just, you know, hearing the rumblings and like being there for that. But uh, Carolina looks pretty good, man. They could be a, a good, they're not even a sleeper pick. They could be like just a good pick to win the cup. Oh, for sure. You had 
him on the back end and then like you said patrietti up front and that's confirmed like patrietti went there i'm pretty sure right yeah 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 so i sorry i haven't been keeping up too much because i was at camp but yeah like you had two veteran presences like that um guys who have been in the league a long time and guys who are looking to win right like obviously burns could stick it out in san jose and finish his career there and he'd be a legend just like the Marlowe's of the world and stuff like that in San Jose. But uh, at the end of the day, you want to, you want to go out with a cup um, at some point. I think it's every hockey player's dream growing up to win a cup. And obviously he felt, and so did everybody else that Carolina was the best chance to get that done for him. And the trade lined up for the Sharks as well. But yeah, it was definitely, I don't know. I feel like the mood was a little bit more sad that day. A lot, a lot of the guys who were close to him and the, the staff and stuff were, just a little disappointed obviously when you see a high character guy like that have to leave the organization it's uh it's always a tough thing yeah it's like you you lose a family member in a way like the the teammates who know him and the staff who've been there for so long like i remember um one sticks out to me and this means it has nothing compared to like burns leaving but i remember in barry uh tyler tucker when he got traded to flint and i've known this guy since the start of the season so like five months i don't know and it was so sad like when when he left and dude, I'd known the guy five months, like the team, like a lot of the guys on the team known him five months. Guys like who guys like Burns, who've been in one place for so long and the staff have been there for so long with them, and their kids probably know each other and wives and families know each other. Like it is such a big deal. It's like losing a family member. And and I, I can definitely understand um why it's sad, but you know what? Like he's gotta chase a cup. And it's too bad because we could have used him on the Leafs, man. He would have been a good fit there, but but he'll be he'll be nasty on Carolina yeah no he'll uh he'll do great things and that's another thing that i kind of think about and I, I was like talking to the training staff like the uh therapists and and the equipment managers and stuff and he's such a good guy right so he would have got so close to them and they had such a good relationship so obviously it's tough on those guys too and actually quick shout out to those guys it's absolutely incredible what these nhl equipment managers and therapists and all all this like do for the team and like how well they do their job it's incredible really to think so and those guys are just so so nice so i can see where uh how burns would fit in so well with them yeah um before we flip into the interview which i, I think we can get to i just i do want to ask you one question because you talk about the trainers and equipment managers how are you taping your stick down there what tape job were you rocking oh yeah buddy i kept the same one going just a couple strips in the middle leave the toe and the heel open hmm. got to wrap it Okay. So it's working for you. Um, yeah. And I think uh, let's, let's send it over to Ryan Winterton now. All right. And we're pleased to be joined with Ryan Winterton, OHL champion. And I think he might be wearing a, are you wearing a satchel right now? <laughs> I'm not. I'm wearing a, a sling. I just had shoulder surgery to repair the sword, the shoulder from, uh, from the playoff run. And um, I had a bit of a injury last year at the start of last year. So Went out to Seattle this week and, um, you know, I dislocated a couple of times last year and, you know, they thought they looked at the, the MRIs and stuff and they thought it was best that I got surgery. So just trying to kind of, you know, rehab that right now for the next six months and uh, it'll kind of be the same kind of timeline as last year coming in just after um, Christmas it should be. So, um, you know, it's unfortunate, but uh, it's kind of what happens when we went for that big run like we did. Okay, so you're out for a while, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out, uh, I think it's six months. All right, um, so you're used to that, though. You heat it up. Yeah. Perfect. 
And we, yeah. I just wanted to quickly ask, like, we were going to ask about dev camps. You obviously didn't skate or anything. You just went down there and hung out for the week. Yeah, no, I didn't skate. Um, I think, I think I could have, but uh, you know, it was just kind of right after um, you know our season ended. So I think they wanted to give me some rest, or and the shoulder obviously didn't help. They wanted to get that um, figured out. So went down there, got an MRI the day I got there, and um, kind of you know got the images from that and kind of compared from last year um, to this year, and it was just you know best in the time. Kind of worked out that um, you know I got surgery now and. Um, you know, to be ready for half my season next year. And then, you know, hopefully play in the AHL. So yeah, you just go to Seattle, you sign with the Kraken while you're there. Can you talk about how that all came about? Yeah. Um, it's kind of, um, you know, I've been kind of wondering when it was going to be for, um, I want to see the last kind of half of the season. Um, and thankfully, you know, John, I know cards, you know, is John Walters, my agent. Um, you know, he's kind of been in talks and, he always just kept telling me at the end of the season, um, keep going and uh, keep trying to perform the best you can. And then, you know, I think they're going to do something at the end of the season. And, um, you know, thankfully they did. I mean, it was kind of good with the bad when I went down there um, after, you know, signing. And then I think it was the next day I got surgery or the next morning. So, um, you know, it was good with the bad, but, you know, obviously really excited to get that done. And, um, you know, excited for the future with them. You can rest uh, rest your shoulder on a bed of money after you sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah you're, you're soon crazy so oh hopefully fingers crossed yeah that'd be yeah. good for the pod but have you bought anything yet or do you plan to uh i kind of went shopping a little bit um you know after my surgery i was down in seattle for i want to say it was probably well it was five days after surgery so i just came home this morning and um yeah i had a little bit of shopping i went shopping a little bit down there but i wouldn't say anything yet um, I haven't thought too, too deep into it. Um, you know, probably maybe a new toy for the cottage or we'll see what we'll see. A jet ski maybe we'll see, but I kind of got to get some stuff sorted out and then, and then we'll see how it plays out. Right. I had a boy balling out and, uh, that wasn't the only good, as, as I mentioned earlier, OHL champion and pretty special year you guys had and incredible team. So I just want to talk about like the, the run itself. So just briefly, like, you want to tell us how, how it was being a part of that? Yeah, it was, it was insane, honestly. Um, you know, I'd never, I know everyone says it, but it's, you know, it's so true where you, you're never on a team that close that, you know, is willing to do anything for, for the, for the group of guys in the room. And um, honestly, the, you know, the regular season was fun. We had our fun, um, you know, but as soon as, you know, playoffs kind of came down to it, um, you know, we were definitely ready for, for what was going to happen. And we all kind of knew we had to dial it in after having, you know, all that pressure from trading at the deadline. And, um, you know, we kind of knew that we were, you know, probably one of the better team league if we, well, we knew we were the best and we, we kind of knew that going in. Um, so that was kind of on our minds the whole time. And, um, you know, I don't know if you guys watched our first game against Peterborough or our first series against Peterborough, but it was kind of a war, like, it was, you know, insane. We had guys like Guriev just taking runs, healthy runs at everybody. And, um, you know, they're big decor. So it was kind of like a, a wake-up call to the playoffs early when, you know, we had guys sitting out for games that, um, you know, they got hurt in and um, kind of just didn't start us off where we wanted to be after, you know, probably um, getting some dirtier hits and, you know, just kind of guys taking liberties on our guys in that series. So there was uh, – you know, a lot of banged up guys, I want to say, um, you know, all through that season, but even more kind of in the playoffs. And 
you kind of see that when you get um, going with the, you see it in the NHL playoffs every year when the, the winning team and the, even the losing team in the Stanley Cup finals, um, you know, they come out with the injury report right after. And, um, you know, I think our Mem Cup was, um, you know, pretty much up there with, you know, honestly, Tampa Bay. And, um, you know, I think there was a lot of guys, I think we had six shoulder injuries um, during the playoffs in Mem Cup. Um, guys just playing through stuff that normally in probably regular season you wouldn't play through. So, um, it's kind of special to see all that kind of like come come to a boat and um, kind of see the guys kind of put everything aside and just trying to dial into you know the bigger goal and winning the Memorial Cup and obviously winning the OHL championship was which was pretty cool. Yeah, and you talk about winning the OHL championship and not a lot of people kind of I, I guess expected that answer because it looked like such a breeze for you guys. You go twelve and zero to start the playoffs. So what's your mindset? there after going 12 and 0 are you getting a little bit cocky or are you like okay let's stay in the moment here yeah um you know i don't think we we're getting cocky i think we knew um you know windsor would be good but obviously you know looking back there was we had swept everybody um you know we, we were looking really good um obviously got our rest still a bit injured but you know we, we still got our rest which was i think ended up helping us out in game seven um but i think kind of i don't know because you could you could um, come in if I'm wrong, but I think kind of, um, you know, maybe us sitting out, you know, all those games, especially kind of the semifinals and um, against North Bay, I, I think that kind of came came back to bite us. Um, well, it depends how you look at it because we still ended up winning in seven, which they're pretty probably tired. Um, and we, I think the sweeps kind of helped us then, but I think kind of them being in the game feel um, and us kind of trying to come back into it after sweeping and after having like, I think it was a week off um, and they, I think they had two days off. So they were kind of in game mode and we were kind of just still done practice mode or, um, you know, I want to say that, but we were just not as crisp as you like to be. And, um, you know, they were obviously a really good team that I think a lot of the guys weren't, weren't really expecting um, just how good uh, Windsor was and how deep they were. Um, but, you know, it was a, and obviously the series kind of started off, unfortunately with our captain going down and, um, you know, I think after losing game one, all the guys in the room were kind of like, you know, oh shit, like, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's going to happen. It's not going to be easy. So I think that, I think the game one was, was huge for our group. And obviously, you know, we went down 2-1 and, um, you know, we kind of just rallied, rallied together and kind of never got too down on each other. And, um, you know, ended up coming back and making a, a great game seven game at home in front of, in front of all the fans. Yeah. And you talk about that and like, it was such a long year with all this COVID and stuff. And like, I remember I was at, I was at Fetz's girlfriend's house with my girlfriend and your brother and a whole bunch of us. And we're going to a concert and you guys are playing the next day. And it's just like, it's it's crazy. And I remember because your brother was at the game, obviously game one. And he came back and he was like, yeah, CK's injured. These guys are injured. I'm like, oh, my God, they might be in trouble then. And yeah. obviously, like you said, yeah, it's just the time off. And then once you guys got your feet under you in that series, and especially game seven, you guys looked real good. But I know Rask wants uh, wants to talk about a few other things here. So I'll flip it over to him here. Yeah, I got a lot of playoff questions, too. But for one of them, too, like Cards, he just mentions game seven. And um, in your mindset, going back into that moment, when you're walking into the rink for game seven, you know, this is a do or die, win or lose, it's over. Um, what, Like, tell us about your emotions and feelings that day, like basically from the moment you woke up until the game was over. Yeah, it's honestly pretty nuts. 
um, let alone game seven, just kind of any game in the finals, especially when we went, you know, down one early. It's just kind of like you don't want to go home and sit on it. Like you want to you want to get right back to the rink. You want to play that game. I'm sure cards, you know, I'm sure you know too, Rask. Um, you just want to kind of play that game and, you know, kind of even the series. Uh, you got kind of a bitter taste in your mouth. And, um, you know, that kind of happened to us game one, um, game four. When we went down 2-1, um, it was kind of just, you know, unsettling being down. And then, um, you know, obviously losing game six. Um, I was I was out for that game. That was the game I uh, – game after I dislocated my shoulder again on a, on a celebration. Um, but, you know, we ended up coming back in game seven. I, wa- I want to say game seven was probably, you know, the coolest hockey experience I've ever been a part of. So, um, to say I'm not happy it went seven now. Um, I think I'd be lying to you, but in the, in the moment, for sure, I wanted to win game six and get it over with. Yeah. And uh, it was sick. They opened the upper deck and stuff, like get the, yeah. the massive crowd there. And um, now so I talked about this a couple episodes ago, um, right after you guys had lost in the finals of the member, but how I was saying that it kind of ruined the celebration for you guys or i want to ask you did it ruin the celebration basically coming back and having your parade and that stuff after having that sour taste in your mouth losing in the mem cup final rather than obviously if that's the end of the season you win the ohl championship and you know you don't go to that mem cup like the parade and everything you're so yeah. happy but what did that kind of like you know give a little bitter taste yeah i think so i think a little bit i kind of agree with you if you know it was right after the ohl championship it would have been a little bit better um after coming off of that win and you know, I, I, it, the fans were still great and it was still such a cool day where you can't really, um, you know, or, you know, take it any other way. Um, the fans were awesome, but you know, I just, I couldn't imagine if we had just won in, it was the next day and we went out to that. Um, you know, I'm sure it would have been, it was already nuts. I'm sure it would have been just a, or more nuts than it was. Um, but I think after the kind of the Mem Cup, um, there's obviously some bitter, Bitter feelings in the room right after. And, you know, I want to say that night, everyone was kind of just like, you know, that was really it. Like our last game, no matter what, we, we lost. And, um, you know, to have that, to fly home, it was still, you know, we had fun on the plane ride home and on the way home just because it was the last kind of time we were going to play with each other. Um, we knew it and it was honestly more sad than anything for that. Um, just not being able to go out not with that win and playing that long and, um not getting not getting the end goal he wanted um while we were playing I want to say halfway through summer um so you know that part of it was a bit frustrating and you know having them be rested and not an excuse at all but have them to be rested and us to be kind of you know banged up and um you know we just I, I don't want to say we didn't have a chance but uh you know St. John was a really good team and um you know given when they're healthy they were uh you know pretty hard to stop yeah and it's like you if you guys had like 40 days off and everyone was healthy, like you probably win that game. And that's the the debate. And I know maybe cards, I don't know if you want to talk about it and all that, but um, it's part of going through the grind of the playoffs and stuff. Like every team that wins a cup, like you're losing a, a key piece probably at some point to injuries and St. John gets all that time to get their players rested. And it's just interesting. I don't, we don't need to talk about the format and stuff, but it, it is unfortunate yeah. when you think about it that way. For sure. Here's yeah. my thought, though, too. Like, you give any team 40 days or whatever they had, and you guys are playing that whole time, too, right? They're watching these systems. Yeah. They're Obviously, the video you guys have on them would have been completely changed, too, obviously, because they got a new coach. New coach, yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. We, man, 
we didn't even like we didn't even have any videos of like well we we had videos like don't get me wrong if you do like pre-game pre-game video on the other team their power play and um you know their pk whatever but you know for the most part like seeing these like you had no clue what was going to happen when you played windsor we knew like who the guys were we knew you know, their play is what they were going to do. But, you know, when we kind of played these teams, we were like, we had like, our, I don't know if you saw our PK against uh, again, but we, they just torched us one game. Three for three on the PK. Like, we couldn't do anything. They were so good, it felt like. And then we kind of got some video um, together. And for the, we played them, ended up playing in the semis. We ended up beating them. Um, but it was crazy what, like, I want to say, like, the rest. And, you know, like you said, kind of them, if they were watching us, I'm sure they were. Um, and having the new coach and not really knowing their systems, um, you know, definitely comes with an advantage um, after studying for all that time. And, um, you know, it's, it was, it was hard, man. It's like, you, these teams are so good. And then you can't, you can't get the, you can't get the video. You can't like get the same thing you would in the OHL championship. Um, it's different. So it's kind of an adjustment period for sure. Um, but, you know, it ended up being all right and working out. Um, obviously not winning, but it's still a great year. Just talk about your Mem Cup experience there. And how about the media side of things? Like, was it uh, a lot of media in your face? And, like, the was there more TV timeouts? And how'd that all go down? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, the, the media was different for sure. I didn't get too much, but guys like, you know, Macker and Morrison and, um, you know, they were getting a bunch after every practice, after every game. Uh, and just – I don't know if you saw the finals, but the, the, the whiteout guy, man, like he's always like, I don't know if you've seen him on the ice yeah, he gets yeah. in there. He gets in there, dude. Like he's like grilling you. Like we're, we're I don't know if you guys saw us in the finals, but we kind of let our emotions get the best of us a little just from frustration. I think tiredness a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I don't know, man, at the end of the game, the guy, <laughs> we're all like pissed off and like, he's just coming around, buzzing around with his white suit camera right in your face. Like you're fucking like almost in tears. Cause you know, you're about to lose and he's just fucking wheeling around. Oh, sorry. He's wheeling around and he's just, you know, in your face. And, you know, I think he's probably got some, I know he got some from our team, a little bit of chirps, but um, you know, I know it's his job and he can't really do anything about it, but just kind of, funny how he's just buzzing out, out there white suit everything and he's getting drenched with gatorade sometimes from the boys and um you know he's pretty close to the action getting some maybe getting some chirps from the boys too and they're shoving cameras in his face uh, or in our face when we're you know not too happy but um no it was really cool and uh you know st john did a great job at the city down there too um you know the fans were awesome it was um you know the back burn in the finals and it was it was a tough atmosphere to play in for sure Mm-hmm. yeah i got just two things on that camera guy the one of them i saw the clip i can't remember who was fighting but it was i don't know if it was your team or not but in the mem cup like two guys were fighting and the camera guy goes yeah. right up in the mix and Man, he's not like, scared <laughs> the ref's like pushing him out of the way like telling him to yeah. get back and stuff <laughs> it was so funny yeah no he, he, he's not scared you you score and he's like the first person you see out there, he's like wheeling up to you with the camera just in your face. And you're like, how did this guy get out here? Just, yeah, he just, uh, he's ever, he's kind of everywhere out there. Yeah. And then <laughs> the, the other one, um, I remember similar situation as you when the Erie Otters lost to the Windsor Spitfires in the Mem Cup final. Yeah. Windsor lost in the first round. Erie won the OHL championship. And after the uh, game, when they lost, when Erie lost, the goalie Troy Timpano, I guess, threw his stick at that camera guy who was right in his face. Like, 
and yeah. got fined or and suspended and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah probably. And I remember man. that. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I don't want to say I got into it with him, but I he was you know definitely. I think it was kind of right after they scored their final goal, and um, you know this is not me. I kind of regretted it after, and um, but um, you know they just scored their final goal. I think it was to like make it six two or whatever it was, and he kind of wheeled up right in my face and I'm like, man, just please like leave me alone for a second. He's like, <laughs> he just looks at me. He like, he shrugs his shoulders. He's like, it's my job, man. It's my job. And I'm like, um, like I, I was so close. I'd bite my tongue, but you know, it's, it is his job. Like, he is, he is, he's not wrong. So he's going to make his yeah, money too. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you know, not, maybe not the time to be shoving cameras into people's faces, but. Sorry. That's the yeah. shot he wants. You kind of laugh at it now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. So we're kind of giving it to him. And, you know, I know a couple of guys in the final, I think it was two minutes. I don't want to say names, but someone grabbed a water bottle and just chucked it like a green, green water bottle, chucked it all over the ice, just all over this guy's suit. Oh, you know, it's kind of funny now, but you're kind of like, holy shit in the moment. We were kind of losing it. But yeah, it yeah. was uh, not, not a good. Not a good resemblance to the boys, but you know, it's just frustrating. And then, kind of, I guess he was there to kind of not take it out on, but wasn't helping his case. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, emotions and tempers are high at that point. You can't really blame anybody for ever acting out when like yeah. so much is on the line yeah. and stuff. But do you have any? Oh, it was, it was insane. Memories? Do you have any moments or memories from like this season in Hamilton that like stick out for you? Oh uh, man, there's so many. This this group was honestly special and um i wouldn't say there's like any that pop right out to me but there's just like i could tell you like probably there's probably one night out of the seven in a week where you're just in your billets doing nothing um without like without all the guys around or you're not hanging out with anyone it's usually you know you're out playing golf you're doing something every night um and doing something together whether you know you're just chilling in our captain's ba- Colton Kamer's basement with his billets and um or you're you know at whatever you're doing we were just always doing some um I'm sure I, I should have thought of some stories but um but nothing that pops out to me right now but I'll keep thinking and hopefully hopefully by the end of the pod I can give you some all right yeah we always put people on the spot with that one it's definitely hard and I I even hate when when I get asked that one too actually here's I'll, I'll just jump into because um, I guess Cardi and I, we both did this interview with the athletic or whatever. I imagine you did it too, yeah. right? Cards, yeah. Did you do it? Did you get it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I met the guy in person. Okay. So when he called me, he asked me he, on the spot, he's like, you have any stories with Cardi, um that you want to share or something <laughs> like that? And, and I like froze up. I was like, I, I don't know. I, I can't. I, it, yeah, man. Like, I bet you I'll get off this podcast right after. And I'll be like, oh, like, fuck. Like, there's two things I got to call them. Like, fuck. Yeah. It's so that one puts you on the you spot. Can't put me on the spot. I don't know. Not, yeah, I don't work good like that. Yeah. Well, no. Rask has a few questions here coming up for you anyway that can kind of give us a little bit of tell and yeah, at least some, so. Yeah. So I I put down here I got some bulldogs questions. So I'm gonna ask you some questions about guys on your team. Yeah. Um, first one. Who would you say is the funniest guy on the team? Uh, I'd gotta go Ryan Humphrey. Because he probably hates that guy, but. Uh, no, he's, yeah, he's, guy, dope, he he's, he's uh, running his mouth there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's so funny, man. He's from like he's from Michigan, like hillbilly kind of hillbilly kind of American. He just like he just <laughs> says what he wants, does what he wants, kind of 
he like kind of embraces everyone. Oh man, like every game, he's got like it. He's got and the whole team hates him. Every game they're running them. I don't know if you saw him in the Mem Cup, but he's just like out there, like getting killed, like flopping everywhere. Like he's just he's being an idiot. And that's just kind of and then off the ice, he's kind of the exact same guy, just just a clown. So yeah, I'd say he's the funniest. Him or him or Macker. Macker's pretty funny too. Okay. Um who well, you kind of answer. I was gonna say who's the best chirper, but I think we'll stick with Humphrey. Yeah, I gotta go Humphrey, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um who Last has the cards worst? I don't know. Cards, you know anyone on my team that's good at chirping? I'd say Honestly, you guys you guys kind of kept your mouth shut. I feel like you guys were yeah. more the refs than anyone. And actually Oh man, man. Tell me about it, dude. We we were bad for that. I think everywhere we went in the OHL, like the refs just had it out for us. Maybe the same as other other teams probably felt that too. But man, there were some games where it was like, oh my God. And we like half the time we fully deserved it. Like we were just kind of like, I don't know what it was, but <laughs> Yeah, we were just uh, not too not too fun of the refs for sure. Well, we were playing you one game, and I'm talking to a ref right before the start of like I don't even remember who it was, but I'm talking to one <laughs> of, them, and he's like, "Oh, cards, just another game with the bulldogs." I go, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, These man, guys, they won't stop yapping." <laughs> he goes, "He goes, they're they're all they're all uh, pre-badadas or something," and I'm, I just started yeah. feeling, laughing. Yeah, it's just I don't know. We can you can look at it that way. I think we just got an emotional group, and that's kind of I think what ended up making us so successful. But it also could be you know our worst, we're worst enemy, where you know we we get too caught up in it. And I think a little bit in the Mem Cup that happened, um, and in the finals where you get kind of caught up in your emotion, t- take stupid penalties, and kind of ends up costing you. But yeah, man, there's some games where I don't know. We were just. Like, in half the stuff, like, we had Arbor on our team, Arbor Jack guy, and, man, like, at the end of the season, dude, this guy couldn't even go into a scrum without getting, like, penalties. Like, like it was just, like, they knew they knew they were, the Hamilton Bulldogs were in town and everywhere, I think. So, uh, we actually obviously didn't help ourselves at all during the playoffs and during the regular season, which we probably should have tried to do before playoffs. But, no, it's, it's all right. It was, it was a good time, and, you know, I don't <laughs> – it was uh, – I, I don't want to say pretty fun, but, um, you know, it's <laughs> nice giving it to the rest every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. And I, I remember to your point about Jack Eye there, I was at one of the games in Peterborough, and I remember, like, he – some guy just was chirping him at a face-off dot, and the ref was like, okay, 10 minutes each. Like, just Man, like that. It was unbelievable. And he's, like – he's tough, and he scares he scares the shit out of guys. And, like, I don't know, Cardi, you could probably tell it. Like, he's a scary dude, man. Like, when he's on the ice, and I think that kind of just, like – I think Branchy just, I don't know. I don't think he liked, I don't think he liked Arbor too much. And, um, you know, he kind of heard too much of him, I'm sure, from his first first three years. Um, but, yeah, they definitely had it out for him in, in the playoffs. And I'm sure they had it out for other guys too. Just, I, I didn't see it as much. And honestly, probably, he's too, like, honestly, he's too strong. He was too strong for our league. So I think it was kind of, the refs in the league trying to save the other guys um, from him, you know, probably trying to not injure someone, but you know, he could, he could just go hit someone and you know hit them wrong and he complete, completely fold you. So, yeah. you know, he's just a, he's just a man amongst boys kind of out there. And, um, you know, I think at the end of the year, he kind of had to pay for that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Jack has a former St. Catherine Falcon, by the way. So shout out to the Falcons, but moving forward, <laughs> a couple more questions. Um, uh, who has the worst tape job on the team? Uh, probably Morrison. I want to say, yeah, probably Morrison with the, he's got the, 
he doesn't do he goes like right he goes kind of to the heel to the toe he doesn't do the toe and then he does like the puck mark at the top of the stick but it's kind of cool because I've, I've literally never seen anyone with the same tape job so i think it's kind of his tape job which i think is pretty cool so i can't knock that but um i just think personally if i were to do it i'd look like an idiot so no, i don't <laughs> like it. yeah too much, but it's cool for him it's it's his thing so mm-hmm. and it works so it works yeah, yeah. It's nasty um yeah. who's the dj in the locker room uh it's usually our captain camer or um duart those are two i think duart was kind of more pre-game he'd get boys going with some edm and um some kind of upbeat tunes and then i think it was like practice days like ck would take it over and put some country on for the boys put some rock he always knew what to put on some mike stud um yeah. you know he kind of he kind of had to figure it out so i think they both the combo is great actually okay and uh who's most likely to become a coach one day after their playing career i think colton Cameron, man this guy was like Oh, he's the best captain I've ever had. It was, uh, he was great. And just kind of from like a, a leadership standpoint, um, you know, I kind of, I kind of see resemblance in him and our coach. So we would all talk about it and how like, he's just like, he was our coach as a player kind of, um, like he like kind of like resembles the same game. So, and I think just off the ice, they just like connect and they just like, yeah, it's just, I think him for sure, just his leadership and kind of, um, his kind of coaching abilities and um, his willingness to kind of lead the younger guys and make them feel kind of as one. Um, he's a pretty pretty special captain. I can I can agree with that too because he's like that as a person as well. And obviously, you yeah, know that wins. And I feel like everybody in our area back at the West knows that. Yeah, just like a all all around guys guy, just a people's person. But uh, yeah, we'll roll into exactly. this or that question here, um, where I just give you two options and then you. Uh, you give me an answer so we'll start with white or black tape uh white always kind of been white for the past year haven't really switched it up i don't think i'm going to i think it just feels better on the stick so white all right bar down or five hole bar down shoot first pass first uh two on one probably shoot first okay cardio or weights there you go weights probably ice cream or milkshake ice cream Chocolate or candy? Candy for sure. Hot coffee or cold coffee? Uh, hot coffee, I think. All right. Rask? Okay. Well, yeah, on that one, a couple random questions and then a couple fan questions, but how do you take your coffee? Uh, I usually go one milk and sometimes cream. I don't like cream as much. It's kind of more heavy on the stomach, but yeah, I go one milk and um usually that'll do no sugar in there eh no sugar i saw you guys uh post the other day about it you guys are <laughs> grilling the people that don't put sugar in it <laughs> okay i'm um, not that guy that makes you feel bad i just don't like sugar in my coffee all right. okay okay good okay so so you think you're better than me then all right <laughs> <laughs> so you can take it either way you can take it either way um uh what is the meaning of life oh find happiness Oh, find yeah. happiness, find love. I think so. I don't know. I love that. Oh, yeah. That's great. It's a good Big question, love, though. Big good. love, guy. Yeah. That's a good um, question, actually. If you could travel to any year in a time machine, where would you go and why? Do I stay the same age no matter what? Yeah, like you just, you're just visiting. Oh, okay. Uh, I'd probably go future probably 20 years, see what it's like. Okay. 
I like that. You, uh, yeah, you could find out where you're at. See if you ever made the show. Yeah, exactly. See if you're a bum get or a head, you yeah, Get a head start on your life, man. Yeah, Making exactly. a show, you know, you know, to continue playing hockey if you're playing, I don't know, somewhere. You know, it's, you know, I don't know. You could probably just tell if you're going downhill or uphill. So, yeah, you go future. <laughs> Yeah, you'd be able to figure it out, make, uh, yeah. make the changes you need to. But uh, then we got yeah. we just got two fan questions because we've been going for a little bit now. But um, how was how was the outdoor game? Oh, it was nuts! And it's kind of you gotta forget that we did that. Well, at least I do. Like it was such like a crazy year, like I said, and you know I was kind of right at the middle um, of our year, and thankfully I was able to play for that game. I think it was kind of right when I was coming back, or maybe a bit, just a bit after, but. I think mean, it was like close to when I was just came back, and um, you know I had it circled down on my calendar for sure. And thankfully, I was able to play that game. And you know we got the we got the Leafs Sabers set up, so it was pretty cool. Uh, it was kind of like professionally done, which you know I don't know if it would have been if the Leafs didn't play there the night before. Well, we obviously probably wouldn't have done the game if the Leafs didn't play there before. So um, you know that was cool to have that kind of set up, and then obviously the fans and. Um, they're pretty cool. And obviously we had, I think there was 12,000 and, um, you know, it was so loud in there and everyone, the, the fireworks and kind of, they treated it like a football game. So they're like one of the Ticats games. So we had the fireworks going off and, um, it was a pretty cool experience for sure. And then you know, it was, it was funny because the next day we had to go right to Peterborough. Like then we didn't have, like, we we're so tired. Like our family, it was a seven o'clock game. We were done after and like, we usually just go home go go to bed whatever but you know this time we were like staying out i think we stayed out till like 11 o'clock taking pictures with family and stuff and then obviously it takes a while to get back on change cards you know it's like if you're having if you're talking to the boys like it takes a while to get unchanged and get out of the rink and especially get but we had to go back downtown and then home and then we had to go to peterborough next next morning and um we ended up losing which you know was unfortunate but it was kind of like not a sewer from the league, but it was kind of like enjoy your day, and then tomorrow you're you're down in the Memorial Center. So uh, <laughs> it's all good. No, yeah, that that looked like a sick experience, and I feel like yeah, I I definitely wish that the Colts got one of those, but you know what? Uh, yeah. We're in luck. Um, yeah, <laughs> but no, that that seems sick and a lot of yeah. fun there. And our last question before we wrap things up here. Um, was asked, who do you most enjoy watching on the Kraken? On the Kraken? Uh, I got to say Matty Meniere's kind of the last kind of half. He was pretty fun to watch. And, um, you know, I got to meet him this week at camp and um, super nice guy. So, um, yeah, I'd say him. He's pretty pretty gifted out there. So I'm um, excited to see where see how he plays next year and see where things take him. Awesome. Yeah, and a future teammate of yours. And that being said, I just want to say that obviously uh great to catch up with you on here i'm sure uh sure we'll see you around soon uh yeah i know you won't be on the golf course you're out on the the socks dude yeah Yeah. i can't i literally can't do anything like i just bought my parents just bought a new cottage candy i was like i was telling you i was gonna buy a jet ski maybe get up there and get going get ripping but i can't even do that for like three months so i'm kind of just stuck stuck watching my dad work away at the cottage but yeah like you said i'll see you soon We'll 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 see each other yeah, for sure. Thanks for coming on, buddy. And Rask? Yeah, I just, just want to thank you for the time. Like, this was a fun episode, some good stories. It's cool. Like, I think the listeners are going to love hearing about, 
like being inside the locker room for the OHL championship and the Mem Cup and that stuff. It, it was cool for me. So I, I know the Absolutely. listeners are going to like it. So just thanks for taking the time. It was good having you on again. And um, I hope you have a good summer and recover well. And, and we can see you buzzing around soon. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, boys. Eh? I'll see you soon. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Wentz. All right. I want to thank Ryan Winterton for that one. That was an awesome interview, man. It was, uh, it was really good. I think there was a little bit of internet issues though on, on his end. So we can blame it on him. Right. It was, it wasn't me. Right. Yeah. I think it was a little bit laggy at some parts, but I think for the most part, the listeners will get a good gist for it. And I mean, we got the best editor. Uh, yeah. The they won't even know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, that, that was awesome. It was a good interview. I'm happy we got him on. And as we, sort of know i like the kraken as my team other than the leafs because uh no no bad history with the kraken so an easy team to jump to so that's kind of my uh my backup team if things don't work out if things don't work out for the leafs this year coming up like and by that i mean if they lose in the first round again then i'm a i'm a full-time kraken guy um so I, i'm told you to that yeah okay maybe <laughs> wins will send me a jersey though and then i'll i'll rep the kraken but um yeah. I want to talk about the open, the golf tournament where I sent you a, a picture. I don't know if you saw it, but, and, and I, I was, you know, I was talking about this with some people who know golf and I guess it's a stupid comment by me, but like the grass was yellow, the whole thing. What's Bro. with that? I know. I know it's the, one of the best courses in the world or whatever, but dude, it looked ugly. Okay. Here's the thing. It's in Scotland, right? How much sun are they getting there? How much rain are they getting there? Like it all, like everything factors in, right? So when you're playing in Scotland, the reason is that course is not one of the best courses in the world. It's not plain and simple, but that's where golf started. It's the home of golf. It's the golf Mecca. So everything like that is golf right there. So no matter how ugly it appears to be, but you have to think it's more or less about the history when it's there rather than the views and stuff like that. Obviously at Pebble beach, we see these immaculate views and stuff, but there it's the history behind the game that everybody relies on. And that burnt out grass is what makes it challenging because it's so fast and firm there that you can't really, you can't stop your ball from moving. Mind you this year, there wasn't a lot of wind, which makes this course a lot easier to go lower because, um, because there was no wind. So the, fast fairways and stuff actually help because guys are hitting at 400 yards off the tee and hitting irons 300 yards so it was crazy but yeah no i saw i saw you sent me that uh that snap and i was just kind of laughing yeah it was uh it was sick though i watched the the whole sunday um and it was exciting man and also shout out to me i text you i shot a 90 today but it was on yeah. a par 70 big shout out to you that's that's an improvement now we're looking i think you're you're on the break 90 watch and i mean I'm, I've been so busy with moving and stuff, but we have to get out for a round. I say, let's, let's go for a round. Um, once I get back from Michigan next week, I'm, I should be good. Like just working out and training and stuff. So I'd say let's, I'll bring you out to Oshawa or something like that. We can figure something out, but we need to get out and I need to watch this because you brag it a lot. And Hey, actually I saw your, I saw your Snapchat story. What, what is that course you're at today? That was a beautiful par three. Yeah. Uh, Halliburton Highlands golf club. And, uh, that thing, I, the picture doesn't do it justice. It's like, it's a way steeper drop than you think. Um, it it is like a hard drop and shot the thing within like three feet of the green, by the way. Um, and, and I two putt. So, Oh no, no, no. I three putt. Yeah. That was the one I I bogeyed. Oh my God. I I had the birdie putt and I bogeyed it. Um, but (laughs) 
I had a great tee shot on that one. Yeah, it's a it's a nice course, man. Yeah, it looks like fun. I know the guys who I work out with who play in Halliburton, uh, play there a little bit and stuff, and it's a good spot. So it's good to hear. I'm proud of you. Thank you, bud. Yeah, I've been working on the. I've been like I've been hitting the range like two or three times a week. So it's the range, but but again, it's my putting that screws me because I I'm getting on the green fine, and I don't I'm not putting like doing any putting practice, but but I've been practicing at the range, so I'm I'm getting okay. there. I'll give you a putting lesson next week then. I see if we can shave a few strokes off just on like leg putting and stuff like that. That's normally like the biggest problem. That would be huge, man. I, I could use that, but I mean, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it all out. We'll, we'll definitely get out for a round. Um, we're going to be back next week with another banger episode. I thought this one was great. And uh, I'm at the cottage right now, middle of the week, just chilling. So my life's pretty great. Um, yeah. And uh, that's pretty much all for me. You want to wrap it up? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's so hot, dude. And I'm obviously the weatherman, right? So I get my information from CP24 or the Weather Network or my basic Apple uh, weather app. So it's looking like very hot. So just be careful if you're out there. Make sure you're wearing your sunscreen. Have a lot of water. Stay hydrated. Heat stroke is a real thing. So everyone be careful. But go out and enjoy it, right? If you got a pool, go in. And if you got the lake, go in. If you don't, find a public pool. Figure out your way to go out in the sun, have a little bit of fun, but also be careful at the same time because I know I will be. So uh, with that being said, uh, we'll catch you next time on Showbound Podcast.